it was tangible. It was amazing. And um, God really, really blessed people uh, that were there, including us. And um, we also want to welcome back Kirsten Lawrence. Where are you, Kirsten? Is she in the room? There she is. Back row. Kirsten was at the school ministry. She also went on her outreach to Iceland, and she was back at the conference with us, so we got to hang out with her there. She is one amazing small package of power. I love that girl. And now we get her back. Thank God. Sometimes you worry if people aren't going to come back. Kirsten came back. Emily is gone. She's there. Well, she's here, but she's, she's going back. So this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about our amazing Father who loves us so much. And um, I'm going to be sharing about a couple aspects of who God is as Father, where it's found in the Bible, and how that actually transforms our lives. And Seth's going to be sharing also about relating with the Father. And I'm um, <clears throat> going to start with love. God is, is love. And I looked at the definition of love just, you know, Google love definition, and I was like, wow, this is lame. <laughs> it says, an intense feeling of deep affection, a feeling of strong or constant affection for a person. And, and at first I was like, mm, definition of love. And then I thought about it, and I was like, what? Because in 1 John 4, 8, it, it clearly states that God actually is love. Nothing that he does, nothing that's purposed in his heart to do, is separate from deep, abounding love. And it's love that's powerful. And that, you know, he is, he just can't help but be anything but love. Everything that he does, his creation, the motivation towards us, the thoughts towards us, how he relates with everything is all about his love. And Ephesians three, fourteen through 21 is, is an amazing scripture. But the part that I want to highlight is how it talks about how we can be rooted and grounded in his love, which means that it, it sustains us, it establishes us, it gives us a foundation. And then it talks about how there's a height, a depth, a width, a length to his love. It is all-encompassing. It is, and then it, a little later it says that, that we can be filled with that fullness. We can be filled. So it's a filling kind of thing. You know, it, it just embodies everything where God is. I really believe that our, our world and what we see around us, if there's anything good, it's all held together by God's love. Everything is in God's love. And uh, it also passes knowledge, it says here in Ephesians, um, that it passes knowledge. It goes past what we can even know. That's why it's kind of hard to describe, <laughs> because we can't even get it in our minds, because it, it passes knowledge. It fills it, it, is, it fills us, it embodies us. We can be filled with his love. And then it also says in um, Romans 8, it says that nothing can sh separate us from God's love. And it kind of gives a list of all the things that can be really difficult, treacherous. But it also talks about life and death. And you kind of feel like, well, how does love, how does it, how does it, you know, conquer death. Like, how does it do that? It, not, not even death can separate you from the love of God. Not even death. Nothing can separate you. And if you think about, like, I can be separated from 
people. I could be separated from my home. I can be separated from my job. You know, I could be, even be separated from Seth. But I can't be separated from God's love. I can't even be separated from that. It, I can't part from it because that's how powerful it is. His love is that powerful. There is no fear in love. 1 John 4, 18. But perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love destroys fear. Fear and love are in complete opposite opposition of each other. It's like oil and water. They cannot be together in the same thing. Because fear is something that does not come from God. I mean, he has no fear in him because he is love. But love destroys fear. Love completely annihilates fear. That's how powerful love is. When I was thinking about the 1 Corinthians 13 description of love, I was thinking about how God is that description. Can you put it up there, Emily? Um, Love is patient and love is kind. You might have heard that before. But God is patient. God is kind. And there's the part where it talks about that love doesn't envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. You know, all those things are things that are kind of an unholy self-seeking. But there is none of that in the Lord. He is perfectly holy. And he loves out of that. And so all those things that are about kind of, you know, our human desire to kind of meet ourselves, our own needs. You know, God doesn't have any of that. He's perfectly holy and perfectly loving. Perfectly extends himself towards us in love. Is completely open. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of our wrongs. He's not looking at our past. He delights in what's true. He is truth, and he delights in the truth about us. He always protects us. He always hopes. He always hopes in us. He always perseveres, and he never fails. He never does. He is love. He's so powerful. Um, in about two weeks, you're going to get an amazing teaching from Bill Menzer on the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son that Jesus talked about in Luke. Um, and I'm going to summarize it real quick. There was a father who had two sons. One was the older son, one was the younger son, and the younger son got this idea that he wanted his inheritance, what was due him, kind of now. And so his, God se- or his dad separated out you know, his inheritance and gave it to him. And shortly after, he took off because he wanted to go and, you know, do something else. And he parted from his father. And it says that he kind of went off and was kind of in prodigal living. And um, the word prodigal and prodigal living is all about um, doing things that are considered morally wrong, um, kind of the idea of, you know, promiscuous sex or lots of drinking, um, indulgent things of... um, kind of human nature, recklessly wasteful, um, completely given to dissipation and licentiousness, carelessness and foolish, wasting things. And one of the definitions that was found was the character of a man who cannot be saved. And when you look at that idea, there is no hope in that. But the son kind of went off. You know, he just, he just did this. He just took, he took everything that was due him parted from his father and did, just lived like this. And there was a famine 
where he was and just through all of his carelessness found himself feeding pigs and uh, as like a job and he was so hungry that he wanted to eat what the pigs were eating and he came to himself it says while he was doing that he realized that it would be better for him at his father's house and so he turned and Luke 15:20 is where I want to focus it says he arose and came to his father but when he was still a long way off his father saw him had compassion and ran fell on his neck and kissed him what a beautiful sentence how many times do we when we kind of turn from the lord or start kind of doing something that's not you know what he would have for us we part from him in a sense maybe in an area of our life or completely and what we just turn back towards him one little step and the lord it says when he was still a great way off he ran he had compassion he fell on his neck and he kissed him with such love that is such love and the rest of the story is really beautiful he completely restored his son in every way possible he completely restored his son no matter what he did it didn't matter and that's the power of the love of the lord that he he loves us his compassion is for us and it doesn't matter what we've done the son was foolish you know but but he turned to his son and ran when he didn't even know the story yet the son hadn't even asked for forgiveness yet he didn't even care what his son smelled like or how filthy he was he ran he had compassion he fell on his neck and he kissed him what passion the lord has for us what passion the lord has for us wow um in uh, Judges 6 there's this amazing story about Gideon and I'm going to talk in a minute about Gideon but I also just want to say that I have been that prodigal you know I have been in that place where I had turned from the Lord and was careless and foolish with my life and I turned to the Lord and he ran to me and it, it's just it, I, I remember that the time what a powerful time that was and I felt the Lord's love for me how many can say that they've ever been there in their life what a good thing that God, that God does for us. He takes our trash and makes it beautiful. So um, Gideon, uh, the story of Gideon summarizing is that um, Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, and for a time, there was an enemy, the Midianites, who were able to kind of come in and, and take from them. So they were hiding in strongholds and caves and, and anything that they could do to kind of keep from getting oppressed by this enemy. And what the enemy would do was um, they, had, they would grow something, they would have some kind of agriculture, they'd gain something, and the enemy would come in and destroy it take it and they they were not able to kind of get ahead in a sense and um, you find Gideon in the story he he's he's in the wine press which is kind of a hiding place and he's threshing wheat he's kind of taking care of what they got and um, trying to in a sense make a living and the angel of the Lord shows up and says the Lord is with you mighty man of valor the Lord is with you mighty man of valor and in, in every regard there was nothing from man's eyes that was having anything to do with valor about Gideon because this is what valor is strength might efficiency uh, wealth strength of an army ability and force that's what valor is and and here's this kind of man hiding from this enemy who is so strong and um, Gideon he, the Lord has this idea for Gideon hey let's 
let's destroy this army. You can do it. Let's do it together, you know. And, and Gideon's response is, well, hold on. My clan is the weakest in my tribe, and I am the weakest in my family. And I was just looking at Gideon's response and, and, and his heart. He is weak. He is hiding. He knows that his clan is the weakest clan, and he is the weakest man. And there's some things in our lives, some parts of us even, that feel that sense of complete weakness. And don't you, don't you ever feel that way when you gain something, you get ahead, you kind of you know, get to a point with God, or you, you gain something in your life, and it's just not long before it feels like it's taken from you, or there's not really a victory, actually, and it just feels like life is hard. You get two steps ahead, and you're just kind of back where you were before. And, and it can feel like just there's an enemy just trying to take away from everything. I mean, we all face things like that. And, and even inside of us, you know, Gideon is like, hey, hey I'm, I am weak. There's nothing that's good in me. I can't do that. But, but Gideon didn't know what God knew. God knew that Gideon was actually a man of strength and power and might to the point where when God and Gideon got together, they could defeat an army. God is speaking to Israel in Isaiah 61, and he says, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And, and that's what Gideon basically was saying, is there is something wrong with me. I am not able to do things well. <laughs> I'm hiding here. And sometimes there's parts of us that are hidden, our parts of our personality, parts of our gifting that we hide. You know, we, we are kind of, kind of holding back because we are, we are afraid that we won't be able to kind of make it happen or that, that God won't come through for us. You know, and Gideon kind of talks about, hey, God's not really come through for us. And God's like, well, just hold on. Wait for the rest of the story. I have something for you. And so God was honoring Gideon. So he is full of love. He is full of honor towards us. In the book Gift of Honor by Gary Smalley and John Trent, honor is making a decision to put priceless value and worth for someone simply because they are made in the image of God. Honor is making a decision to put priceless value and worth on someone simply because they are made in the image of God. And love is putting that decision in action. So the result of of love and of honor that we see in these two examples is that freedom is the result. Because what happened was, was God honored who Gideon really was. He saw who Gideon really was and mixed with his strength and power, they defeated the enemy that Gideon was hiding from. The victory came when Gideon knew who he really was. The victory came when he invited God to be a part of that battle, when God commissioned Gideon to be a part of God's battle. And what happened? The entire enemy that was against his entire nation was defeated. So talking about regional strongholds breaking down just from one man knowing who he is as God's son, knowing who he truly is, and getting a hold of the strength of God in that moment and watching what God's going to do and defeating the enemy that was against him, against his family, and against his nation. Talk about powerful. That is the power of honor. That is the power of honor. And we can carry that towards ourselves, and we can carry that towards each other, and speak words of honor to each other that can cause people to be victorious in the areas where they feel like they're hiding. 
they can see the enemy be defeated, no longer able to oppress and take away what's fruitful. So the prodigal son was free. He was free from his own shame and from his bad choices, and he was completely restored. And the country of Israel was completely set free from the enemy that was attacking them. Awesome. So our heart today is just to pour out the, the Father heart of God and just allow all of us to engage with His fathers, with His fathering over us. And, you know, <clears throat> our church has a real heritage in the Father's love and the Father's um, heart. And, you know, 20 years ago in, when um, the revival broke out in, <clears throat> in Toronto, um, that was sort of the 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 heartbeat of the whole thing was knowing God as Father. Obviously, three parts to God, right? Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. And, and really highlighting and getting a revelation of how much the Father loves us. And, and that's difficult, I think, for a lot of us because there's, you know, we've got earthly fathers and parents that, that maybe weren't a great example to us. Maybe they were, but maybe they weren't. But we have to get past that because a lot of times we'll project those things onto God. And so what we want to do is bust that up. And today, we're, I want us all to just invite the Holy Spirit to reveal the Father to us. To reveal His Father's heart to us. Um, he wants us to experience His love. And you've heard that. How many times have you heard that? A million times? We should, you know, let's feel the Father's love. That's exciting. Yay! Alright. And then everyone's like, well, um, everyone's probably like me. I'm very analytical. I am an engineer. I think in numbers and dots and I don't think in like like the emotional the emotional aspect of things does not necessarily come easy to me all right I'm much more of a left brain type person and so how many of you guys can relate with me all right three five all right seven wait 17 okay <clears throat> so so the 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 challenge, and this is for all of us, today God's inviting us, wherever we're at, whether we've physically felt His presence, we've, you know, whatever, been rolled on, we've been laid on the ground and just felt the weight of, of who He is, or if we've never physically felt anything, God's inviting us to take another step to knowing His Father's, His fathering love, His, His just, yeah, that, that love over us. And, um, I, I want to present to you an idea that everything that's valuable in, in our lives is in relationship and is at an emotional level. So like we can become super knowledgeable, super intelligent, we can invest in that, but when it comes down to it, the thing that makes us happy or joy or what we, what we really digging in and experiencing life happens on an emotional level most of the time. And so I want to challenge us to allow God to help us to experience His love. Yeah. All right? To actually experience His love. So I, uh, um, I remember the first time that you know, I really uh, tangibly felt the presence of God. Um, a guy by the name of Peter Jackson was in our church. Uh, not the Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson, <laughs> but a different Peter Jackson. <clears throat> and um, he was here and just talking about the Father's love and talking about experiencing the Father's love. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it. It's hitting here, 
boom, 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 boom. Yes, get it. I know the verses. Yes, got it, got it, got it. But it was not going to my heart. It was not going home where I, where I was experiencing it. And so, I mean, there's verses all over the Bible that talk about God's fathering and how amazing the Father is. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. I'm like, What? Lavish? Like, that's kind of a weird word that we don't use all the time. There is a ton of God's love that He wants to pour out on us. Lavish love from the Father. Lavish love from the Father. In Luke uh, 12, Do not fear, little flock. This is one of my favorite verses. Do not fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What? God wants to give us access to the kingdom? He wants to give that to us as His Father for us to experience a partnership with Him and experiencing Him. Um, in Psalm 68, it says that He is a father to the fatherless and a judge for the widows. He makes a home for the lonely and He leads out the prisoners out of... He leads the prisoners into prosperity. And so there's this sense of like, that is experiencing God's love. When, I, when God speaks to me or puts an impression on me that I'm not alone, when I'm feeling really lonely, that's, there's, an emo, there's an emotional connection to that that I can receive from God, right? There's an emotional um, connection. So, there's all these great verses. I'm hearing it in my head. I'm like, God, I, yes, amen, but it's not hitting my heart, right? It's not hitting my heart. And so... Peter Jackson's done speaking. He says, all right, we're just going to turn on some music and just, just allow the Holy Spirit to, to come over us. Just, just, just let him, you know, let, let him, let's feel the weight of the glory of God. I'm just like, all right, good. It's like, uh, I'll take a little step of faith and please God, something could happen. That would be great. So, um, I mean, I, you know, when Sarah and I got married, we started coming to this church and everyone's talking about the Father's love and talking about experiencing God. And I'm like, I just don't, this is not happening to me. Like, again, I get it intellectually. I read the Bible. I understand it. But it wasn't getting to my heart. And, and so, um, so I just lay down and the music turns on and immediately I just, I could, I could feel like a physical weight on me. And I had never experienced that before. I could feel this just um, almost like a thick, warm blanket when it's cold outside. And, uh, I, and I just, I don't, nothing triggered it, but I just started crying. Like I just started crying and I just felt the, th these waves of the love of God just pouring over me. And how how much he loved me and how pleased he was with me. And it was like all this other stuff was being washed away. The, 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 the primary feeling that I felt was just peace. I just felt the peace of God. And, and it was such a restful place. And I just laid there and, and took it all in. Um, God wants to communicate with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to connect with us. So, um, I, I've just been feeling like there's this filter lots of times that's over our heads. And this is true of me, so maybe the 17 of you that raised your hand, it's true of you too, or maybe more. But we have actually um, 
trained ourselves, I think it's partially the enemy, I think it's partially, you know, just what's preached from the pulpit. We have trained ourselves to only hear God when he wants to communicate correction. You shouldn't be doing this. Or direction. You should go and do this. Uh, Those are the things that come into our minds or our hearts when we think about our relationship with God. And we've actually filtered out him speaking just words of love to us. Words of encouragement to us. Words of affirmation to us. It's like we have this predisposed position in ourselves to expect, because of my shame, because of my sin, because of the things that I've done wrong, that that's what God wants to address. That's what I, that's what I expect to hear from God, so that's what he's probably going to be telling me all the time. And I want to propose to you today that actually God wants to speak to us more about just his love and compassion for us, just how he sees us, than he does the correction and the direction and the conviction. Don't get me wrong. That's all part of it, right? Absolutely. God disciplines the ones he loves. And that's good. We don't want to be... We don't want... We want to be fruitful. We don't want to be fruitless. But... I'm I'm going to challenge us today to to allow God to actually speak to us and impress upon us His love for us. Okay, so let me give an example. With Sarah and I in our relationship, um, we, we talk about our day. We communicate about what was hard today. What was a challenge today? What was frustrating today? What was great about today? Right? We share our hearts with each other. We, we um, are exposed to each other on, on, a, on a heart level. And um, I think that that's what God wants to do with us. Like, like, we're so caught up in getting it right. God just wants to spend time with us. You know the story of Mary and Martha. Um, you know, Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Martha is working, doing, serving, getting stuff together. And, and Jesus, so Ma- Martha goes, Mary, you've got to help me. Like, we've got to make a meal for Jesus. And there's all these people coming over. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I just want to spend time. Mary's, doing, Mary's choosing what's right here. I, wanna, I just want to spend time with you guys. I just want to communicate. I just want to love on you. And so... Um, Imagine if, if my relationship with Sarah was just all about me telling her what she was doing wrong and what she should do better. How long would that relationship last? <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right? So it, I really believe it's the same thing with, with God. He wants to communicate His love for us. His passion for us. He wants, to, he wants to tell us who we really are. He wants us to connect with, um, with who He's called us to be. And the story of Gideon is so good because it's an identity story. It's God speaking identity in the place where Gideon didn't feel like he had that position in that place. God wants to speak and, and impress on us identity over us. He wants to call out who we really are. Because we get confused. <laughs> we get so confused at who we really are. We, we believe things about ourselves and about God that just aren't true. 
And God wants to bring truth and speak truth into those things. He wants to clarify the confusion. He wants to get rid of the confusion. And if all we're hearing from Him is, you know, I'm just waiting for you to make a mistake so I can bop you on the head or throw the lightning. Gotcha! You know, there's this picture. I was just Googling pictures of like angry kings. And <laughs> that's Bowser. There you go. That's good. <laughs> but, but this picture that came up what, that I found was this picture of a, it was like a suspicious king. Like his eyebrow was raised and he was kind of like, and that is exactly, I think, how I in the past know for me that I felt like God is. He's just suspicious that you're doing something wrong and he's going to tell you about it because you ought to know that you're doing something wrong. And I, I don't believe that the heart... I believe that the heart of God is to communicate to us who we really are. I believe that the heart of God is to bring freedom in us. That stuff binds us up, man. If we're so focused on our sin and our shame, that just binds us up. There's no freedom in that. God wants to bring freedom to us. He wants to release freedom. He wants to speak words over us that bring freedom. Sometimes I think we, we, um, we confuse God speaking with us and the enemy speaking with us too. Sometimes I think we get, we get those things confused. The enemy likes... He's a father of what? What is he the father of? Lies, right? And, and as God the Father is trying to communicate truth to us, is trying to release His heart to us, is trying to call out our identity, what's the, fa- the father of lies is just... just... Yeah, it's accusing. That's it. That's it. He's accusing us. How many of us and this is me, like live in a state of where people are, are, in our minds, we feel like we're just constantly being accused that we're doing something wrong. It's like that enemy is just so smart about that stuff, man. And it's just lies. It's just not truth. It's just not truth. God wants to reveal His truth to us. He wants to reveal His fathering his fathering heart to us so we can re- just receive that and experience that. So we're, we're just going to engage with that. Does that sound good to you guys? I mean, no matter where you're at, kind of on the spectrum, we just, we're just want to, we're going to take like five minutes and just invite the Holy Spirit to reveal the Father's love to us. Just to reveal His deep, compassionate, passionate, excellent, perfect, heavenly heart to us. You know, I think the biggest thing about uh, over, over years that God has done when He's revealed His heart to me is He's just softened my heart. He just softens my heart. When I spend time just with Him or, or uh, just, you know, whatever, turn on worship music and just soak in it. And lots of times I don't feel, I don't feel anything physically. That's so normal. And listen, there's no shame in that at all. Like, don't feel bad about the fact that you don't feel anything. But what we want is wherever we're at, God, we want a little bit more of you. We want to experience you a little bit more. 
We want You to soften our hearts more. We want more truth, God. We want more of that. And so, um, if you want to, you can just stand up. We're just going to just pray together and and pray over you guys and just, um, yeah, let's just engage with this, right? Another little yes. Another little yes to God. Another little yes to to being closer to Him, to experiencing His love. And I, I do believe that um, there's going to be just a release this morning of people maybe feeling something physically and they've never felt that before. And so I invite you to just say yes. Just to say yes and receive um, the Holy Spirit. Let's just um, close our eyes and hold open our hands to God like we're about to receive something. And um, if any of you have had that filter on your mind and your thoughts of God being um, someone who cares more about your actions than your heart, let's just give him that filter or repent for believing that he's that way all the time. And just let him remove it. And if, if you have um, kind of gone and parted from the Lord, either in your life in general or, or just a part, or, you know, a part of your life, let him run towards you and have compassion on you and kiss you and restore you. And if you have any sense of shame, and if you in any way have been hiding a part of who you are, a gifting, a you know, part of your personality, <clears throat> just receive from God honor over your personality. I just hear the Lord saying he loves who you are. He's saying, I love who you are. I love your ideas. You are beautiful to me. You are exceptional. And I was just feeling like God wanted, I just saw this massive dove over the sanctuary this morning, and I felt like the Lord was bringing a deep sense of peace. And so for those who who are hungry for peace, just receive peace from the Lord. We declare peace over each and every one in the name of Jesus. Deep peace. Wash away any sense of anxiety or fear, God. Establish your love in us, Lord. And um I just had this sense that some some people have been um, in a place of sin, and they have they're feeling conviction, but that the Lord is is doing that in a, a loving way. And if in any way you're feeling that, the Lord wants to just remove sin from you through repentance, and so you can repent for any sins, and the Lord wants to wash you clean. So you can just say, I repent for any way I have sinned, God. (laughs) 
the flood waters of his spirit are rising in this room and he is he is immersing us in his spirit feel free to just enjoy it yeah daddy we just look to you as our father our perfect loving heavenly father and we just receive and say yes we say yes to experiencing you father in a new way whatever that looks like god yeah yeah there's no guilt and shame for having that filter <laughs> There's no guilt and shame for recognizing that. It's just an invitation to hear and to, to know and to see God's perspective on us. You are our Father. You are our Father. You are a perfect Father. Wow. Perfect Father. The perfect Father that I can trust. I can trust you, Daddy. I can trust you, my Father. Wow. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your fathering over us. We receive your fathering. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's some of us that have held just God at sort of arm's length as our Father for whatever reason. If that's you, just, just say, I receive your fathering. I receive your fathering in my life. I receive your encouragement. I receive your discipline. I receive your love. I receive the freedom that you bring, Father. I don't keep you at, a, at an arm's length anymore. Thank you. So we're going to just invite the, there's some, the, team, the people that went to um, the conference to come up. And um, they're just going to, if you just want to receive more, of the Father's love, you just want to continue in this. Continue to allow God to just soften your heart. Um, you can just come up and, and receive that. And uh, just before we go, I just want to invite anyone who wants the love of the Father. If you've never received Jesus um, as your Lord, you can know that love the love of the Father, and you can pray a prayer um, that gives your life to the Lord and restores you to be a son or a daughter in Him. And um, you can do that after the service. You can do it right now. Come forward if you'd like to. Um, but I'm going to pray over us, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, as we go. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's us. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you 
being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 So if you're hungry for more of the Father's love, come up to the front. You can do it right now. Just receive prayer from those of us who caught something. They physically got something. It's just invisible. And and you can get it and take it with you. And we also have our prophetic team that has been trained to hear God's voice. Um, if you want to uh, have a, a prophetic word, God speaks specifically 